Innovating the lip category into an eco-friendly brand made for the modern conscious woman, Molly Hart is the founder of Higher Collective. For more on Molly's journey, from makeup artist to now a CEO and founder, keep on listening. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Molly Hart. Molly launched Higher Collective in 2020, introducing a sustainable range of lipsticks that is both luxury and accessible. With a higher purpose to rebuild the lip category, Molly has created a brand with sustainable mindset at all stages, extended beyond packaging and going further with formulation and carbon neutrality. Starting as a makeup artist at MAC and going on to companies like Estee Lauder and Revlon, Molly has over 15 years worth of experience in the beauty industry. She has had a huge insight into clean beauty throughout her career before motherhood truly transformed her passion into driving the force behind a safe B Corp certified brand, Hire Collective. I really admire the level of transparency she's maintained in her journey with Hire, following the highest standards for both the skin and the planet. It's what has evolved clean beauty even further and just one of the many reasons why I cannot wait to sit down with her today. So Molly, thank you so much for being with us. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I asked all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Molly? Ah, in a nutshell, <laughs> um, I think that I'm an authentic, honest, transparent person um, who was raised to be hardworking and bold. I was born in Columbus, Ohio. My parents were Buckeyes. My dad played football for Ohio State. He was a walk-on. And that right there kind of tells you everything you need to know about <laughs> how I was raised. Um, he wasn't recruited to be on the team. He basically just showed up on day one of practice and said, I deserve to be here. And he made it on the team. He played for all four years. And I was kind of raised with that mentality to just work harder than everyone else, to believe in yourself, 
and to go for it. Oh, I love that. And thanks for sharing that because it's so true. Like those little moments, well, it's not little, but in, when we're younger, there's small moments of like learnings we get from either it's family, friends, our surroundings can really influence our mindset and kind of shape who we are today. So I definitely can now see that knowing that, uh, that nugget of a uh, childhood memory. So <laughs> with now, you know, going from Ohio, then when did you move to London? Was it later on? Was it during your career in, you know, these large conglomerates like Estee Lauder companies? Yeah. So I, I moved to London about 10 years ago. Um, so I was raised, we moved when I was little to New York. Um, I was raised in upstate New York. Um, and then I went to university, um, in upstate New York. Um, I became a makeup artist when I was 18 years old. Um, and I was really drawn to makeup because my aunt was a makeup artist when I was, when I was growing up. Um, and I was a competitive figure skater, um, up until the age of 14. And so I was doing like stage makeup, um, for competitions. Uh, so I, I, I was really kind of experienced very early on with makeup. Um, and I got to continue my passion for it, uh, as a makeup artist. Um, when I was at school. So that was exciting. Um, And then I moved to New York City after school and um, I started on the business side of the beauty industry. And and did you kind of find yourself when it came to beauty? I mean, having a passion um, can definitely be something, but starting in it, you know, we see a lot more sides to it. So what were some of the key learnings you had as a makeup artist at Mac? My real love for this industry formed back then. So I thought, yeah. you know, I thought that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be working as a makeup artist. I'd be doing makeup, like having fun with color. Um, but it was something that was truly much bigger than that. Uh, my first customer, when I started at the counter, um, I was helping a woman find a foundation that matched her skin tone. Mm-hmm. And at MAC, like we were, we were really lucky because we had a range of, of foundations um, and so we had the product to help serve a customer, no matter what their skin tone was. And I remember that first experience, like it was much more than just like buying product, um, finding mm. a foundation that actually suited her skin tone was like a life changing moment, um, that I got to be a part of. And I just realized that this industry was something that was much bigger than just color and fun and, you know, creating different looks. It can truly build confidence. Literally, we're giving women like the weapons that they need to kind of take on their day. And that's kind of, those were like the early moments that that formed my like love and bond with this industry. And, and, you know, a lot of people who might be listening as well, but a lot of people in the industry who work, you know, on on the with the consumers um, on the shop floor, and so far we say on stage. I don't know if you use the same terminology back in the day in Mac. But um, to then go in, in-house, right, to go in the, in the corporate teams, it's often people's goals. It's sometimes a stepping stone. How did you get into, you know, working for Estee and Mac as, you know, in, in the digital marketing teams? Um, I really, you, you know, at my counter, I had a really good relationship with my manager. Um, and then we worked with like our regional manager to get um, to see if we could get an interview. And so I got an interview at the corporate office that way. Um, So I went in uh, to New York. I started actually as an intern on the corporate side. 
Um, and I thought I wanted to do PR at the time. And they were like, no, no, no. <laughs> this is like back in 2007. They were like, no, no, no. We've got this really cool new department that we're starting called digital marketing. And this is like back when no one was even in social media from you had to have like a .edu to even have, have like a Facebook page. But that was like my first role, um, which then became a four-year position um, that I stayed in for four years, was working across the portfolio at the Estee Lauder companies on everyone's social platforms. So I got to community manage like the Estee Lauder Facebook page um, I did a lot of work on origins. I mean, you just kind of like in those corporate roles, you kind of work across the, the portfolio. But then I transferred specifically onto the Mac team later on. It's similar to me, we, I, my first job out of uh, college, university was um, at Estee Lauder as an intern. Oh, wow. uh, and then I became like social media manager. Yeah, for EMEA and UK. I was in Aveda, uh, as you know, that, you know, there's different yeah. brands within Estee companies um, conglomerate. So I was there, yeah, social media, um, UK and EMEA for quite a long time. And it's such an amazing company because, as you said, you can really learn a lot about other brands in the in the portfolio because it's quite a shared ecosystem. Yeah. Later on, I went to LVMH, you know, Dior, and it was quite segmented. Um, but I know you went to Revlon and L'Oreal after really being head of digital in these in these organizations. So... Tell us also a little bit about your experience at Revlon and L'Oreal. In 2012, I moved to London. Uh, it was for my husband's role, but I had done a study abroad program here. So I knew that I loved London and we were ready to move from New York. So we kind of took it on and moved. We thought we'd do it for a year. We've been here for 10, 10 years, two kids in. <laughs> uh, we love London, but yeah. So I, I moved here and then I found a role at Revlon, um, which then became head of digital at Revlon. And I started managing bigger teams. I later moved to L'Oreal. I was head of digital transformation at L'Oreal. And I think that as I progressed through my career, the, the early stages of my career, I was kind of like head down, worked my ass off and just like, you know, did what I was told. It wasn't until I was like empowered by my boss that I found my voice and I was more comfortable using it. And so then my career kind of, um, kind of took off from there. Uh, but yeah, the early part of my career, I was really just like a hard, hard worker, like first in last out doing all the work. <laughs> but then I found my voice later on in my career. And um, yeah, that's when like the, the, the latter half in London is when my like senior career kind of really kind of started. Okay, now I have to ask is I mean, dying to ask is, how did you cultivate that mindset to switch from, you know, as someone also who's been in corporate and there's a ladder, there's a lot more opportunities, a lot more companies we can work for, especially as you build your seniority. But to take that jump, but some could even say prime time of your career to then build your own brand and that risks involved with, you know, as we know, we don't have to say it, it's, it's a huge risk, but it's also can be huge rewards. How, yeah, what was your mindset in, in leaving and creating your own company? In my career, I'd, I'd been in digital my entire like corporate career. So I've had like a front row seat to the beauty consumer. I, you know, was answering all of their questions, concerns, comments on social platforms for the biggest beauty companies in the world. So I was, I was the one like having to go and find the answers um, in all of our different uh, departments within the company. So I feel like I kind of had like a huge well of knowledge 
um, from what the beauty consumer wanted and was asking of these big companies. And then the latter half of my career, I had two children. And something kind of switches <laughs> in your mentality um, after you have kids. And you kind of like, you kind of stop drinking the Kool-Aid. You kind of like, <laughs> you want, you're, you're looking for purpose in, in your career and what you're doing because anything that you're doing for work is taking time away from your children. So I kind of thought of it as like, if I'm going to leave my kids and go and work for a company, that company better be putting something good into the world. I had a maternity leave and I started thinking to myself, like, what, what does that even look like? Like, what could we do better? And I started piecing together what I think is now the cleanest supply chain in the beauty industry. And hire is a very consolidated concept. We, we do things a lot differently than most of the industry. And so we only launched one pilot product to kind of prove out the model and see where we could get to with that. So yeah, that was kind of my mentality. It was really, it really was from just becoming a mom and seeing the world differently yeah. um, and wanting something different for my career. That's amazing. And the name Hire Collective, how did that come to be? It went, you know, I, I never went through like a naming process. It was always yeah. just Hire because Hire comes from higher purpose. Exactly. And I wanted to have a higher purpose with my career, with my life. Like I wanted to be able to tell my kids one day what I'm doing, like means something. Um, mm. So that's kind of, that's kind of where it came from. Um, and then collective, because I feel like I'm not the only person who feels like this. <laughs> there are yeah. many other people out there who feel the same way and we can kind of come around together and kind of and move this industry forward it's so true and so so you know building um i mean you know the brand is it's like mine it's relatively new in the industry but already making a lot of waves and i have to tell you I, you can tell you come from a digital background because your website your socials it's just so on point so beautiful the amount of times <laughs> like on your social media i'm like saving that i'm like this is goals this post um, so you guys are you know you're doing such a good job i'm sure definitely spearheaded by you um in, but i, I I do want to know, like, you know, during the pandemic, what was it like first, you know, launching the business and, and focusing on digital online and storytelling through these channels? Oh, my God. Yeah. So <laughs> we were supposed to launch at the beginning of 2020 and then the pandemic hit and we were like, oh, my God, what, what are we going to do? What is happening? Um, yeah. And, and people are wearing yes. masks, right? So for lipsticks, it's like, oh, do you like, you know, how do you storytell that? <laughs> Yeah, the new mandates. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, we were doing so much like content around like how to DIY lipstick with a mask. <laughs> um, but yeah, we paused. We paused. We didn't launch until the end of the year, twenty twenty, um, around Christmas time. A lot, a, a lot of the reason was because we were kind of waiting to see what was going to happen, hmm. and the other reason was because my manufacturer went out of business. So oh, it's no. good that we kind of like, yeah, I know, like the worst thing that could ever happen happens. <laughs> but I always say that that was such a blessing though, because yeah. um, we were able to find a better partner for us who is much more of a, I don't know, just a better fit. Um, so I think that that was a blessing in disguise. So yeah, so then we, la we launched um, and yeah, it was a lot like the, the category was tanking, but we managed to be in growth month after month after month to the point where we were out of stock six months in. So then 
we had to do reorders um, and now we've just, and then, and then our growth really kind of kicked in at the end of last year. Um, and we just closed a little seed round. Um, so, yeah, so it was like, it was a lot of like hustling though. That's, that's how it is at the beginning, right? <laughs> it's a lot of just um, being agile, going with the flow and things you can't control, but also being open to change because we're just starting our brands. We need to be reactive and we don't know at all. We have to like sometimes listen more than we, we, we act because at the beginning, especially during the pandemic, it's, it's a new landscape. But do you think there was something that apart from the, the obvious, which is the pandemic kind of like was easing and restrictions were, you know, becoming less. But do you think there was another reason for why you started seeing this huge shift towards the end of last year? Um, yeah. So testing your marketing mix is always like the trick, one of the trickiest things for an entrepreneur. Right. Um, so at the beginning we were doing a lot of like paid ads, which, which weren't really landing well. we never had much success from that. Um, but the team is we're, we're all ex Mac. And so once we pulled back and we started thinking like, okay, what, what can we do differently that no one else can do? Um, and we have this amazing network of makeup artists that we started seating, deploying. Um, <laughs> and that really kind of gave us that edge, um, it, it led to a lot of high-level adoption of the product. Um, we started seeing the products being worn by celebrities and models and um, being used by really high-level makeup artists. And then the press kind of caught wind of that. And we started seeing in the UK, we started seeing, because we were using the UK as like our test market um, for the first year. We started seeing um, articles being written like uh, the new cult beauty brand being worn by the A-list and celebrity favorite new lipstick brands. Um, and that's when it was just like, boom, like I remember being like locked in like my product closet, <laughs> like just packing like orders after orders after orders. Um, cause I was doing all of my own fulfillment, but that was really kind of like, um, that, yeah, but it, it's not until you really kind of dig deep and figure out what's your um, unique like uh, skill set as a team or as a founder yeah. um, and really leaning into that. Um, that's really what worked for us. That's really important. And, and I think also I would love your opinion on this. Apart from, you know, the obvious, which is as you scale in business, you can hire more people and you can start delegating away. But for you um, in building a business, there is a lot of joy and, and learning from being in many different pots, right? And learning, you know, we, we come from a similar background where we both do digital for many years. So yeah. for us to learn about supply side and inventory and logistics and all that stuff, it's, it's, it's exciting. And it's also important for a founder and CEO to know. But what is that kind of like other reasons for that kind of flex point where you started saying, okay, look, I've, I need to now outsource this. Or I need to start delegating this away from me because I don't want to slow down the potential growth as a founder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we're kind of just getting to that point now as of like, I'm really the only full-time employee um, of hire currently. Um, our workforce is consultancy, freelance um, led, uh, up until now. Um, so now I've like, you definitely, as a founder, you're pulled in a million different directions. Right. Um, so I'm, yeah. and I, I really love, like I come from a digital background, but my favorite part of running this business is learning everything that I don't know. Yes. Like my favorite 
calls are talking about like carbon offsetting um, and our carbon intensity scores and um, the, you know, the mechanics of the components, like learning all of these different elements. Um, and so now I'm kind of backfilling myself from a digital perspective um, so I can kind of lean in and make sure that we're kind of attacking these other areas of the business and this with the same intensity that we kind of go after, like, I don't know, social or our branding. That's amazing. And do, do you find now um, it's quite like scary as a founder to like, yeah, like, uh, like no longer, like it's, it's, scary, it's scary to grow, right? Like, I think you're doing so smart by, so, you know, focusing, proving concept in the UK, but do you have like intentions of going global? And do you feel like um, those nerves of, you know, going with more products and more markets, is that something you're ready for? Or do you feel like you're going to see when it comes? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, we use the first year to be D to C so we can learn from the customer. Yeah. We've tweaked the, the formula now like four different times to a point where, um, well, in lipstick, like we now have a more matte formula for our reds um, while keeping yeah. the nudes more emollients. Um, we added a plant-derived um, uh, silicone substitute um, to help maintain the consistency of the product. Um, so we really kind of like tweaked and perfected the product along our D 2 C journey, um, and now we're yeah. in a point we're at a we're at a we're at a point where we can um, where we're gonna go we're gonna start um, going out to retail. Uh, so I feel like that. That kind of first year, we were really learning from the from the consumer and perfecting the product will um, be really helpful to us in the future. Um, but I, when Definitely. we when we do like our product um, product expansion, we have a new product that's coming out. But that product came from a customer need. Like we really, like I said, like I having been in digital marketing and social media for all of these big companies, like I realized that a lot of the big companies weren't really listening to their customer. Um, and yeah. so that's something that, that like, is kind of like at the forefront of hire. Um, and we develop products that our customer needs, um, and is asking for. And that's, I think that's the most important and, you know, going to that point where it is always going to be a challenge and a new phase of every iteration of your business, whether you're starting, you're growing, you're scaling, you're acquiring, it's all, it's all like new moments of like, I would call them different peaks and different valleys or, you know, we're climbing a mountain, but at the same time, um, it's important to put your consumers first and do things that are in line with them at the forefront and also our, our, our purpose and our mission. And for you, what I love about Hire is you guys have got such a strong like mission statement and uh, I guess you could say impact for the planet. And I would love for you to explain a little bit about kind of what that is and also how the hell did you get already b corp certified <laughs> that's like a goal of many businesses today and very very daunting and to be one of the i think the first luxury lip company to be b corp certified it's amazing so Thank tell you. us all when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Got it. Um, yeah, B Corp is not an easy process. Um, it took us eight months. Um, there's a lot that kind of goes into it. But again, like I started this company because I wanted to see if I could piece together the cleanest supply chain in the beauty industry. So I had a lot of that work already done. Um, the other thing that we're carbon neutral. And so I've been tracking our carbon footprint literally from like the first day of product development. Um, so we had all of those kind of like tracking reports, um, carbon intensity scores, like all of that already kind of worked out. Uh, but the, there's two kind of pathways that we took with hire. Um, and that was focusing on toxin reduction for the customer as well as um, climate mitigation. And so toxin reduction, um, when we talk about toxin reduction, we're specifically okay. focused on the lip category because I believe that the lip category is the most invasive category in the beauty industry. It's the only one we wear in our mouth every day. Um, we're directly ingesting anything on our lip. So we have a really kind of focused offering. Um, and so that kind of, it gives our, I don't know, it, it's, it's a little, we come at the, at the industry is more of like a problem solution rather than like an ideal um, or a kind of vague concept. Um, so I think that B Corp really liked that. And then the other thing is climate mitigation. So we focus on renewable energy because um, when we, and when we talk about sustainability, we talk kind of way beyond just how our products are packaged because uh, plastic pollution is a huge problem, but the number one cause of climate change is carbon dioxide. Um, so we focus on offsetting, um, all of our scope three and two CO2 and using renewable energy everywhere we can. And was it, I mean, it seems like, as you said, it takes eight months. It seemed like something, cause you've had a lot of experience and you also wanted this from day one. It seemed like a smooth journey, but I know it clearly isn't. Were there moments when you were, you know, doing the whole process that you were like, this is, this is tough. I don't know if this is the right time. Should I do it later? Should I do it now? Or yeah. What, Cause I want to learn some of the learnings from people that might want to start it now, like even my business. Like you have to, it has to kind of come natural. Like what I would say is like, there, there are a million different like certifications that you can get now. Right. Like I feel like customers are bombarded from like vegan to climate neutral to carbon neutral to yes. like yeah. cruelty free to like, 
I, I, I like I'm one person running a company. Like I wanted like one certification that like really just lines up with our, our company's like values. Um, that's why we didn't, I didn't go for like a million different certifications. I just don't have the time. Um, (laughs) so we focused on like the Mac daddy, which is B Corp. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Like we, it took about eight months. Um, and that's even with having all of the documentation and all of that, like already kind of in place. Um, the one thing that I would, the one tip that I would say is to, um, get a coach from B labs, uh, who they really helped me, um, and kind of guided me through the process. Um, that's a service that they offer through B Corp. Um, and so they really kind of streamlines, uh, some of the questions which can, which can kind of seem a little scary, um, for an entrepreneur, um, to tackle, but they really kind of coach you through it. Um, so I would highly recommend using their coaching service. It's such a good tip. So thank you for that. And, um, I would love just to also, if you could explain a little bit about your ingredients and, um, you know, why, what makes them so pure, organic and effective. I know those are three key words you use on your website and uh, a little bit about your product as well. Sure. Um, so the way that we formulate is very different. So we, the majority of our ingredients are organic. Um, so we're not just using like a lot of, a lot of companies just use like a nice sounding natural ingredient as like 2% of the formula. Like that's not what we do at all. Like our, our products are like 70% organic. Um, we would have them be 100%, but in the product development process, we found that like the effects and the performance of the products couldn't get to where we wanted it to be by being completely organic. Um, organic oils and butters, are, they're a little bit uh, harder to work with because they're not as strong. Um, they're weaker oils um, and they kind of have a mind of their own. Like it's hard to maintain the smooth consistency of the product if you're just using those natural um, organic uh, ingredients. So we use as much as we possibly can. So which works out to be about 66 to 74 percent um, organic. And then we use plant derived emollients so that our product is completely plant based. Um, so we use things like silicone substitutes, plasticizer substitutes, because if you look on the side of a lipstick box, you'll always find the ingredient called polyethylene. This is literally plastic melted down and blended into the product that you're smearing on your lip every day. And to me, it's just gross. Um, so we use, um, a lot of coconut derivatives. Coconut is a wonderful I'm obsessed with the coconut because we get so many amazing coconut derivatives <laughs> that we can use in clean beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use plant-derived emollients, organic ingredients, and then we use active ingredients. Yeah. Um, so we use hyaluronic filling spheres um, in all of our formulas because it's such an amazing ingredient because it actually penetrates. It's a small enough molecule to penetrate the dermis um, of your lip it then swells with your own water supply supply. So your color looks nice and smooth and like it improves the, the quality of the lip. Um, so that's really how that's like our blueprint that we use when we formulate. Um, and our first product is lipstick. 
Um, but we will be rolling out new lip products soon. I'm excited. Well, I mean, uh, is there anything like now you can share with us? Because I think you know this episode might air in a few months' time. So is there anything oh, that's cool. coming up in the next few months that might already be, like in about two months' time? So let's see, was there anything that will be released by then? Um, yes. So we are launching what um, we're calling our California Lip Milk. Um, and what it is Ooh. is... It's a um, treatment and a glossing product at the same time. Um, It glows on really clear, um, but it has a sparkle suspension throughout the formula. Um, It's based in 100, it's based in um, uh, organic sunflower oil and wild harvested meadow foam that we source locally to our Californian plants. Um, And it has um, the hyaluronic, filling spheres in it um, to intensively moisturize and smooth the surface of the lip. And we, we also added um, uh, maxi lip tripeptides to the formula, um, which have been shown in vitro to enhance um, synthesis of collagen in the, in the lip. Uh, so it's a really kind of intensive treatment, but it's also a really pretty aesthetic um, glossing product at the same time. Oh, to admit, well, I'm so excited. I mean, everyone will will check it out. I'll put all the links in the in the summary as well. So, um, I just love this innovation, but also innovation with with consciousness attached to it. I think it's so important. So, this is the brand for the future for me personally speaking. So, oh, uh, it's you. very very exciting. But I, I would, um, you know, I loved a little bit to go into Molly now. And um, I know the pandemic, building a business in the pandemic, has definitely been very tough. And we've had to find rituals to like keep us grounded and motivated as founders love to know if you have any rituals of success that you do maybe it's a morning routine or a daily routine that you can share with us that keeps you level-headed and yeah motivated to continue your day i try to always get outside during the during the during the morning especially um i find just like going for a walk i obviously like have kids so i do my school drop off in the morning (laughs) um (laughs) uh but that ends up being like a three mile walk, like round trip. So it's actually a really decent walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like having that kind of like commute um, in the morning really does yeah. kind of clear your head. Um, also just like my children, like just kind of, you know, having, I can't imagine doing this without my kids because like my kids, like they kind of offset any kind of issue that's happening with the business. Like I could have a, a good day or a bad day, but I'm able to like completely switch off when I'm with my kids and children are just, um, they're a tremendous source, source of joy. Uh, so if you always kind of have that joy and love in your life, you can manage really kind of anything. Um, so my kids are like a, a big kind of piece as to why I can kind of maintain sanity. (laughs) Um, because you're dealing with a lot as a founder. Um, but yeah, I think, I think kids like going for walks, also trying to be as organized as possible in other areas of your life. Um, you know, I, I'm really committed to like fitness and like clean eating, moving your body. Um, any, any ways to kind of, um, make sure you're always feeling your best really helps because then you can always stay kind of um, clear headed. And as a founder, I'm sure you hear you, um, have this too, but you're always kind of searching for clarity. 
So you can always make like the best decisions possible. It's so true. And that's so beautifully said. And, and it can also be quite lonely. So having, I think, your kids and having that kind of escape as well at times to also get that clarity, not overthink, because we, 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 it can get lonely because we're also overthinking and we're feeling we're the only ones with the decision, but actually realizing, you know, just take a moment to breathe, uh, go, you know, go for your three mile walk around the block and drop the kids and having those, whatever it is in your life, I think it's really important to have that escape. Um, and even if you're not building a brand, even if you're working for a company or you have whatever job you have, I think it's so important to have some form of daily um, time for yourself um, to take, just escape from it all. Uh, sometimes it's even watching reality TV show, whatever it is, you know, just no, make totally. sure you invest yeah. in that. Very, <laughs> That's a form of meditation. Yeah, it's very, very important. <laughs> exactly. For me, it's, it, and I find those micro moments that people ask me, like, do you meditate? Do you say, yeah, but it comes in so many different forms. It's, it's just yeah. a moment for me, right? And a moment for me to feel like the closest to myself and my own well-being at the forefront. And that's exactly it. Um, but um, I would love to go into some fire round questions, but I have a desert island question before we do that. So that's sort of like, um, <laughs> I, you know, for you right now with your current skew, I, you have a lot of amazing shades. I've noticed a lot of them are out of stock as well, meaning that people are loving them too, which is cool. <laughs> but imagine, you know, every, you had all the stock and now you're like, I can only take one, one shade with you to this island I'm inviting you on, a founded beauty retreat. What is your go-to shade for you? Oh, it's Chateau by f- for sure. Chateau is like, it's actually Describe the majority of our business. Tell us. Okay. It's like Ooh. a true universal nude. It is the lipstick that kind of put us on the map, to be honest. It's been worn by, I think the first celebrity to wear Chateau was Eve, the rapper. Um, yes. And then Sierra, Sierra wore it. And then Emily Blunt wore it. And then wow. it's been worn by like everyone now. Um yeah, it's like it's completely so it's cool. so universal. It's like a mid-tone nude. Like we we try and keep the range as universal as possible. We'll never do any we'll never do like a yeah. baby pink. We'll never do anything too light. Yeah. Um that won't won't work for work for, for women with a, a darker amazing. skin tone. Yes. That's amazing. So that that's the shade that that everyone loves and is always coming back for. Um, but we also have a new one that's going to be launching. It might actually be out by the time this podcast comes out. Um, and it's nice. it's um, the shade was actually mixed within our community. There were a couple artists um, who were mixing two of our shades together, and customers who were buying both and then mixing them together. Um, and so that shade is like it's kind of like a U.S. We listen type shade um, because it really came from our community. Um, and that shade is amazing. Oh, wow. I cannot wait to launch it. I feel like that's going to be the new Chateau. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, everyone, I mean, Chateau is currently sold out, meaning everyone's loving it. So I hope it, it, it by the time the episode airs, I hope it's replenished so people can yes. <laughs> buy it. But it's a great sign when you're growing a business. It shows there is interest, there's demand, there's hype, and I love it. But I also know how frustrating it can be as a, as a founder. It's like supply and demand is the worst right now when it comes to the remembrance of the COVID and pandemic. It, it's tough. But I know the hype yeah. is there, which I love. We were just, we couldn't keep up with the demand for a while, but um, yeah, we just did like a, an investment round. So it's, it will come, it will come back. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm excited about. Um, so now fire round questions. First thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is what is another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? 
Ah, what is another beauty brand that I'm currently loving right now? Um, I'm trying a lot of products right now from a company called Wind. Yes. Um, have you heard of it? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's Moroccan a clean skincare. Right? Um, the founder, I think, is going to yes. come on the, yes. the podcast as well. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. Yes, Wind. It ha- they have some really lovely products. The um, I'm obsessed right now with their jelly cleanser. Yeah. It's a really. I have like five cleansers right now. I don't know why. But like I have five cleansers in my shower. <laughs> I went to the States recently and I picked up a few that you can't get in the in the UK, like the Tatcha one. Um, Tatcha, I also love. Um, but yeah, the Wind Jelly Cleanser is amazing. And also they do this really great um, skin. It's, it's like a, it's a tan product, but it's also a bronzer and it comes in like a, a, a dropper. It's very kind of liquidy. Um, but it can replace your foundation, which I love. Um, I've heard amazing things about the brand and um, definitely it, it's one I think everyone should be looking out for because, and the packaging is beautiful and the names and yeah, so um, storytelling and cultural. I love it. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Um, I'm probably with you when reality TV, yep. but I feel like it's necessary. Like you have as a brand owner, you have to stay on top of like what's happening in culture. And a lot of culture is reality TV. And even you're seeing a lot of beauty brands, they'll do the memes in, when there's like something hyping going on, whether it's like a sell it, selling sunset finale or something, you, you know, to stay relevant, you've got to know what's happening. So even if it's, um, you know, uh, not necessarily the most productive use of our time. It's sometimes essential <laughs> to have that escape and have that moment. Or even like I do my emails while just having it in the background. It's perfect, you know? Yeah, it's like a friend so, kind of in the background. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Next question, maybe it will allude to this one, but what are you currently watching or reading? I just finished that um, Netflix show with Sienna Miller, A Scandal or something, something about A Scandal. Uh, I also just yeah, finished um, We Crashed. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm watching that now. It's amazing. It's so good. It's like, I, I actually think it's very therapeutic to watch someone else's entrepreneurial journey um, while you're yeah. going through it yourself. Because then you like, I don't know, it's just, it's like art imitating life kind of. <laughs> um, because you know exactly what what they're going through. Um so yeah, any kind of any any um, documentaries or any shows about entrepreneurship is um, I find really kind of entertaining, but also like helpful and relatable. <laughs> what is your favorite social media platform right now? Um, so I'm a millennial, so I love Instagram. Like Instagram is yeah. like my kind of you know like I I am we do need to do a lot more on TikTok, like TikTok, just because I've it's, been the, where I've been the now, person. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah. I've been the person managing our social platforms. So like we haven't done a lot on TikTok, but I'm, we're now going to be hiring um, a social media intern. Um, nice. And we're going to be doing a lot more on TikTok soon. Exciting. Oh, and it is, it is true. It, it's hard, especially us as millennial founders to like, prioritize uh, certain new platforms which we're, we're quite new to us and also you know um it there's still enough to be done on instagram and stuff but yeah as a brand today there's a lot of accounts even linkedin and there's so many ones that we have to think about as hitting different segments of audiences that we want to tap into for sure but also we want to deliver the content in the right way so timing is everything and giving enough time to nurture these accounts that we're also putting content out is very important as well um, yeah. yeah. So my next question is: Do you have a favorite quote or mantra? I really like the quote 
love what you do and then you'll do what you love. That's very um, true. It's kind of about like uh, if you make what you're passionate about your uh, your work, then you never will work again. Yeah. Um, but then I recently saw another quote that was like, that shouldn't be it. It should be do what you're good at and then yeah. it won't be as stressful. <laughs> Both are very valid to be fair. <laughs> I know. I guess you could say like they, they work really well together, but they also can be quite different as well. So yeah. it depends on what you're, what you're referring to, but it's a very good point. Mm. I think if you're a founder, um, you need to be good with like chaos and like being insanely busy because that's what. <laughs> oh my God. I, mean, I tell you, I woke up today, I came to the office and I had like three like swerve balls at me or like saying, okay, we're going to be delayed on this and this is not going to happen. I was like, okay, tell me more. And I was with my whole team and I was like, guys, there's a tornado happening right now, but we're going to be calm. We're going to stay steady because that's all I can do. <laughs> so yeah, you wake up, you don't know what's going to hit you. And then you go to sleep and you might have fixed it all by the end of the day. Who knows? So yeah, it's just like yeah, that. Um, but that's life as an entrepreneur and as a founder. And my last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, what would you be doing right now? Um, I think I'd be, probably be, um, I'd probably be doing something in like fitness. Um, mm. Just because I was an athlete growing up, I was, um, you know, I yep. was a competitive figure skater. Um, wow. I was always doing something, you know, like in terms of like movement or, and it's something that I'm really passionate about, like outside of work, like that's my like passion. Um, so I'd probably be doing something with that. That's so cool. That's so, so, so cool. Well, Molly, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I'm so excited for the future of Hire Collective. I think this is a brand that's needed in, you know, the color makeup industry. And I'm so, also so inspired by the fact that you're B Corp certified and you put that at the forefront. So, I mean, just a moment for that because that's huge. Um, and uh, I, I have swatched your products. You know, we kind enough when we met, I've tried them and um, they are, the, the honestly, the formulation and the texture is fantastic. So you should be so proud. And uh, where can everyone follow yourself, uh, hire, and also see you guys on websites? What, what are the, all the handles? Okay. Thank you so much for that, by the way. Um, Hire is at HireCollective.com and we spell hire without the E. Um, So it's H-I-G-H-R collective.com. You can find us on Instagram at Hire Collective, on TikTok at Hire Collective. um, And I am also on Instagram at Molly E. Hart. Amazing. As I said before, I'll put all the links. There might be some of the newness we were discussing already released. Um, you know, we do re- record these episodes a bit in advance. So do check them out and uh, you will not be disappointed. And make sure you follow Molly too, because her journey is just incredible. And I cannot wait for what's to come. So thank you, Molly. And I'll see you very soon. Thank you so much for having me. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. 
All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founder Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.